everybody it's i'ma let you finish reporting your name i'm pantheon podcast network it is show number 80 80 we're 80 we're, we're 80. 80 years old we're 80 years old we it's are. been a, it's been a good 80 ride and uh you know that's not a big number to celebrate we're, when we get to 100 we'll do a big old 100 show we'll have oh, wow. cake cake we remember when we were trying to single like can we get to 10? And here we are at 80. So thank you. We guys were trying to figure out where do we plug? Where do we plug the mic in? And do oh we have God, to lean into thing. one mic like the Beatles? The adventures <laughs> of this show and recording in the beginning. We've gone everywhere to some closet in Brooklyn where the show sounded like uh, just madness. Just right. madness, madness. Things are more better now. Well, mm-hmm. one person who won't be having a show mm-hmm. <laughs> is the struggling underground indie singer Adele. And okay, <sighs> I, I you know all right. I mean, it, look at the end of the day, she canceled. At the end of the day, this is what it is. At the end of the day, in my opinion, <laughs> and I honestly, no disrespect, but I, it, Adele's career and her shows do not give me. I don't lose a minute of sleep over it because I'm she'll be fine. Right. But at the end of the day, this is just a situation where the show was not ready to go. And I will say this as some as a teacher whose students are now using the COVID excuse as the dog ate my homework. Mm-hmm. You can't keep playing the COVID. That's not, uh, uh, let me amend this. None of this has been verified. This is all right. sources say rumors say the daily mail is no more source of credible information. <laughs> and my cat who is very credible, as you know, <laughs> but basically the shows have been postponed slash canceled. And it's unfortunate. I'm, and it's just chaotic. And as you know, Courtney, because you've worked in things happen. Mm-hmm. She wanted a certain kind of show. From what I read, she wanted a more intimate kind of Adele in the round kind of show. Mm-hmm. And Caesars wanted a showbiz show. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so what do you think about it? I think that you're Adele. No one can make Adele have, I've worked with some of the biggest artists in the world. No one's making you do a show you don't want to do. My only issue is everybody knew this show was not ready. It is irresponsible to can't on everyone involved to cancel a show 24 hours in advance when you already had very expensive tickets and people coming from all over the globe to see you. So I think that canceling with a tearful video in 24 hours in advance. It's like, okay, great, fine. But you guys knew this show wasn't ready. You knew it. So cancel the show or postpone it and don't let people spend their money on a plane ticket to come somewhere. Right. And, you know, and, and, and spend the hotel, get your hotel, you're checked in, you know, and you're not going to be there. Every side involved. I understand she might have been fighting with Caesars, but they knew who they were getting. This is like Celine Dion had beautiful things in the show. Celine Dion did not fly off of anything. but She had acrobat and different shit. They knew what they were getting. To me, this sounds like a mess on both sides. It sounds like an artist who was undecided about really what she wanted 
and people on the other side who were probably rushing because, fun fact, to sign her to do this residency, this is the thing that they don't know. Caesars had other artists on books to do shows and kind of push their dates. So I'm sure they were turned out because her not doing these dates, they pushed out other residencies that they had lined up for those dates. And now you're going to be sitting there with an empty theater if this show doesn't get up and running. I think also that, um, I think uh, my joking around, I'm not joking around about COVID, but I think what has happened, especially in places like Las Vegas yeah. and Nevada, mm-hmm. where that are not as vaccinated as other places. Right. I think what's happened is that people are so ear tuned to the next catastrophe that they want to get things, they want to get it in while they can. Um, but I would think ultimately she's Adele for Christ's sake. She can do it. If she wanted to sit there and strum a ukulele, she could get away with it. Um, That's the whole had, thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I, Adele I mean, has never done a concert that has explosions and yeah, fires. No, she's not that artist. She's right. not that artist. She's not a dancer. She's not a, you know, she has a choir behind her in a band and that's it. And maybe a few nice you know, obviously she'd have to have some interesting lighting and projections or whatever, but there, you know, whatever she, you're not going to Adele for a theatrical experience. <laughs> it is not an extravaganza when no. you go see Adele. Um, I will say though, I mean, yes, I feel sorry for the people who flew in and blah, 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 but you know, it's, it is worth it. Cause they could always find, they found that one queen who was ready to go on CNN and ready. talk about, Oh my Ready. God. Sitting, sitting by the phone, waiting for John Berman to call him up <laughs> and to go, oh, it was great. And then Adele talked to me on the phone and then I got a tote bag and I love her. And it's like, oh, you know, they, they must have gone through the ticket list and go Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's that one queen that will go on TV and make it oh, OK, because Mama Adele, I think he did call her Mama Adele. And I almost oh, threw God. myself off my couch. Because you don't God, get to be Mama Adele, no. no. But anyway, um, she'll be okay. I mean, it's a yeah. drag. She'll be okay. Um, but I don't need to see anyone's. Every time I see, I really someone, don't give a shit. I mean, well, there's. <laughs> I, I mean, I care. No, I don't care either. I don't care. Yeah. About no. Most of these. I don't no. care really about any of these. No. People. Let's be honest. Full <laughs> like, disclosure. Okay, guys. Full disclosure. We actually really fundamentally don't care about any of these people, but. Because we are professionals, we are bringing this lack of concern to you. So, yeah, I mean, she'll be fine. Great singer. Let the backlash begin. Um, All right. Somebody I do care about very much is Neil Young and always have. Um, I think he's well, I'm, you know, gee, everybody who's listening to this knows who Neil Young is. So Neil Young has decided Mm -hmm. um, he has said to Spotify. Mm hmm. He has said to Spotify, okay, here's the deal. Um, You want to have Joe Rogan on my show, and Joe Rogan is a troll and a horrible human being. You want to have Joe Rogan on your your show, and he earns him billions of dollars. On your streaming streaming service. Right, streaming service. service. You want to have the Joe Rogan show, right? And Joe Rogan has nothing but COVID misinformation all the time. You want to have him on the show? That's great. Take, I don't want my music on your channel, uh, on your streaming service. He's not saying before Republicans start freaking out, he's not saying cancel Joe Rogan. He's never said get rid of Joe Rogan. He's not telling, he's just saying you got a choice. You can have Joe Rogan lying every day for three hours and putting people's lives in danger, or you can have my music. So 
As Spotify will pick Joe Rogan. Oh, of course they will. I mean, that's not even that's not even that that's the easiest pick in the world. I mean, of course, they're going to pick Joe Rogan because they paid more money than God for him. But good for him. And I am so up to here with these uh, cancel culture. No, he's not calling for a cancel. Mm -hmm. He's not saying you know what's so funny about the people in the cancel culture that they honey, because they had no problem canceling the Dixie Chicks. They canceled them right right away and were very proud of it and had no problem when when people were kneeling silently canceling the NFL for a season. Canceled Sinead O'Connor. Canceled Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I have I I mean, I am on teal. I am on team Neil Young anyway for pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. But um, and Joe Rogan is a piece of human garbage, Mm -hmm. as is Fox News. These people, it it is past the point of uh, they are they are spreading lies. Yes, they have a constitutional right to do it. If Spotify were smart, they would uh, put a disclaimer before the show. But, but I support they, they won't. won't. No. But I support you. You know, I mean, so good for Neil Young. And I hope other artists um, I hope other artists do the same because it's reached the point. You know, this is ridiculous at this point. This thing could be over if people would just get vaccinated and that's it. They get vaccinated. We'd all be doing much better. Um, me, you know, It's just amazing to watch how lying has become normal on so many sides of so much shit. It's just no one's offended by it. People want to believe what they want to believe. It's like, what's the end game? Are we just supposed to eat each other and destroy? I just don't understand what the end game is. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, like I was talking about this, somebody, this whole stupid expression, my truth. There is no my truth. There's either the truth or there's not the truth. My truth is that today's uh, Tuesday. It's actually Wednesday. But my truth is that it's Tuesday. So as long as we have people allowed to say whatever they want to say and then go, but my truth, we're always going to, people have always lied, but now your lies are amplified and given agency and given importance. You know, in, in when I was a girl, a Joe Rogan would have been yanked off the air for doing the stuff he's doing. But there's an audience for it. I don't know why, but there is. That's fine. But if I were an artist, if I were a musician right now who had an ounce of human decency and morality, I would say, hey, take my music off your. They don't need it. They don't need to take my music off your service. You know, just take it off. That's fine. And then we'll see. That's the only thing that works is finances. You hit somebody in the pocketbook. That's the only thing that works. right? Right. That's the only thing that works. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the governor's ball? Have you ever been to the governor's ball? I've never been to the governor's ball. I am not a festival person. Right. I just, it's not my thing. I've but had with to one of a, your artists, I I've mean. With to, a, it's like, it's like, um, yeah, I have. No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Do you know why it's, is it, why is it called the governor's ball? I have no idea. Was it because originally on governor's island? I'm being serious. I can't think uh, maybe, of why. It, it, maybe it was. Yeah, I can't think of why it was called. Well, it was on Randall's Island for a while, which is like the worst place mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. to, you know, the worst place in the world to get to. Um, and now it's going to be at City Field because, you know, the Mets will have fucked it all up by then. Anyway, right, by right, <laughs> right. Um, the lineup is fairly uh, not our age. Again, category. it's that Halsey person again. I think okay, I saw come Halsey. On, stop, 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 no, stop, listen, stop, stop. I can stop. have my feeling about Halsey. I you can, just but don't, don't get that it. Halsey person. Come well, on. what? I don't get it. I just don't even understand. Well, 
I don't understand. She, like, I, why? Yeah. Like, I don't even try. Like, who are her fans? Like, who are who are the Halsey fans? Um, well, first off, she's headlining, so clearly somebody. Somebody, but who? Like, I, she said, who I, do you know who's ever called you and said, have you heard the new Halsey record? Do Bill you know? Coleman. No, you read that on his face. No, <laughs> he never calls me anyway. I li- listen, listen, I think that she's a credible, good artist. I think she made a very good record this year. She made very good pop songs. I have no problem with her. And I am always proud and happy when a woman is headlining a festival. And I'm going to leave it at that because there's a lot of artists. I could get into a discussion with you about a lot of artists where I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're not that they're not talent. If you don't like her music, that's perfectly fine. But she is a, she is a credible, viable artist. Does she sell a ton of records? No, she does not. But the point is, is that I, I give it to any artist mm-hmm who is trying to do something a little outside the box. Yeah, and yeah, I will yeah. give it to her. I like to rag on her, but you know, here's the thing. I know, I know. A couple, I, know. I will say this. I really don't get it. But there's been a couple of, like, I have a lot of her music because I'm still on all the promo lists, right? So I, I get a lot of her remixes too and top tier DJs remix stuff. And when I hear some of the songs, I don't hate the vocal. I just think she has that voice that sounds like a lot of other... Oh, see, I People think she's out there. I don't think she sounds like anybody. That's what's really? so interesting. I don't think she, I think she has a very different kind of sounding voice, but there are a lot of singers out there. I'm just like, I'm not like team hall. I mean, other, we should I say have no other- idea. She owns a beauty brand. Did you know that? Um, she, she's yeah, she, she sure. Owns Why not? One of what well, she's like one one of the ones that people really like some natural vegan beauty oh, situation that people like. I said really I'm not like walking around Halsey Halsey Halsey, but yeah. I just do. Um, I'm glad to see women headlining. I have to give her credit that someone who's coming from a pop dance kind of background suddenly decides to make a a, a hard rock record. Um, who else is headlining? Kid Cudi, who. I, Bless it. I, that see that I know he's like yeah. a a rapper's rapper and a singer, uh-huh. but he's headlining a show. He's headlining a festival. But people love him. And no, they got do. All, you know, they love. No, him. he's very. And, much you know, like, he's a, and you know, he's really like he's the actor. He gives yeah. the music thing. He's like and, a Wale kind of thing where yeah, he yeah, has yeah. his audience. And J Cole is and also J- headlining. And you know, right? that'd be huge. People love him. People love Jake. It's really interesting. The audience J. Cole gets because on paper he should be lumped in with the commons and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the conscious rappers, but uh, girls love him. They love him. Girls love him. And that's to me a sign. That's a good sign that girls love somebody who's not typically cute and who is a normal human being and married and has a kid and educated and 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 is not performing sex. Because that's who girls oh, you all really want. They like the bad boys, which like really, you know, your husband needs to be that kind of you like a guy who's smart. He seems like a smart guy. Oh, he's and, a very smart and guy. And smart is really attractive. You know what I mean? It's really well, really not when you're 16 years old. It isn't. I'm saying girls <laughs> love him, not women, <laughs> girls. I'm talking about teenage girls. I mm-hmm. Bless their hearts. But no teenage girl is going, you know what I want? I want the funny looking smart guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> girls. Not. All right. Well, speaking. Oh, wow. What a great segment. Speaking about boys versus girls and boys who love girls. Damon Albarn has decided to pick a fight for no 
I mean, uh, with Taylor Swift, which is like Godzilla versus Mothra. Okay. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> well, let's explain. You want to explain a little bit what it is? All right. So Damon Albarn, who, in case you don't know who he was, he was Blur um, in the Blur Oasis War. I was Team Oasis all the way, and he's been the mastermind and leader of the Gorillas. He makes good music. I've seen Gorillas; they're really, really good. So I just have, he did an interview with the LA Times and he replied to an interviewer calling Swift, quote, an excellent songwriter. And he said by stating she doesn't write her own songs. And then Twift, Swift, Twift, that's her new name, not Taylor Swift, Twift. Well, no, no, no. Then, no, no, no. Before that, then the reporter strike back, she does write her songs. And, right. and he said, well, no, she co writes her right. songs, which right. is. A songwriter Weird. who co-writes is different than a songwriter. Right. He said, he said, that doesn't count. <laughs> I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter <laughs> who co-writes. Okay, first off, so I went to the Googles. Every one of his songs has a co-writer. He has never written a song all by his lonesome to the best of my ability, starting with Blur to gorillas lennon and mccartney are they songwriters or are they co-writers right. jagger and richards are they right. ashford and simpson i mean do we need to go down the back rack how is even in back I mean, what is he trying to, what i don't get is courtney i and of course he's had the back scramble because taylor swift whatever you think about her she writes her own songs what is he trying? What is the I point he was getting? I don't I get it. I myself defending Taylor Swift, but here but you I do go that every again. week. You do know that. Well, you because, it every- well, because like I've said, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I do appreciate. I've watched her fight for artists. I watch her fight for women in music. I mean, I've watched her use her fame to really fight for real shit. And the, the one thing I do not like is there's a lot of people that call themselves artists and blah, blah, blah. I don't like when you kind of shit on something that you know that somebody obviously does. The one thing about this woman is she is a songwriter and she writes her songs. And I think to come for that kind of low-hanging fruit it's just desperate and dumb and it just seems like some old cranky white guy rocker i'm too cool so you know what let me just slag off taylor swift and come for the thing that really made it just made no sense it was like what are you that's, saying it makes that's no what I'm saying. sense well, like, the why, thing why, that why? drove me nuts is that this guy has been making records since 1994 okay mm-hmm. he's and 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 for him to go, I was taking it out of context. It's like, wah, wah, wah. Please, when you're speaking to a microphone, it's recording. You were not taken out of context. That's what you said. I just don't, I, like you're saying, I don't understand what the end game is. I mean, there were so many people out there that you could, you could credibly say they don't really write their own material. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think of her, she writes her own stuff. Now that said, what? Oh, hey, yeah, there's a co-writer and a writer. She's never claimed that she doesn't have collaborators. No, and she does. And, and you can the, see them listed on the record. And remember, when they had that whole moment of trying to say she didn't write her songs, one of her big multi-million selling albums, Speak Now, she wrote Every song herself. 
Yeah, she wrote all of the lyrics. It's like it, the girl writes her songs. It's like yeah, and you and can say you can have a problem with the way she sings her songs, and I can sit along with you and be like, yes, I, yeah. I've had some issues with the way she sings her songs, but I'm never going to say that. First of all, she writes great songs. They're constructed and produced extremely well. Like if even if you don't like her, like there's certain things you have to be able to appreciate because it's all there. So I would never ever, you know, listen. I just hate when people come for the low-hanging fruit. If you're going to try to be so austere and you're so hearty-tarty, then at least come with some real shit and make a real point. But don't say something so stupid that you immediately are like, you try to be like, oh, clickbait. It's like, clickbait because they took that portion of your story or clickbait because you're acting like- Well, he has like a history of going clickbait. after women, too. Um, he was in a relationship with Justine Freshman, I believe, from Elastica, and he kind of mm-hmm. attacked her songwriting building. He is reportedly called Adele Insecure after they worked together on music that was never released. Um, yeah, I mean, the point is, is that I, I just don't get he he ends up looking really stupid on this um, and, and, and to no avail, because at the end of the day, he didn't answer the question. You're not explaining the difference between a song, right? Yes. Is Taylor Swift an auteur? Does she produce and arrange and do everything herself? No, she does not. There are not that many outside of Stevie Wonder. I can't think of many artists who do that. But the thing is, go on the Internet, Google Damon Alburn and look at the credits. And every single one of his songs has at least four to five people working with him. And that's fine. That's fine fine i you know i just didn't get it i didn't and he yeah it's just like a kind of a dick move on his part um but that's why i always rooted for oasis you know which says a lot because i mean who rooted for them everybody <laughs> you want me to give you a list of people who root for oasis? with the exception of barney and mark i love it they're great well but he wrote his own songs no gallagher mm-hmm. I mean, mm. they may have been copied off of somebody, but he mm. wrote his own song. So I don't. Yeah, it's just such a like Iceberg Goldberg. All right. So she wrote mm. three quarters of it and somebody filled in. It's like it's not like it's one of these situations with modern R&B and pop where you have songwriting camps and each person puts in a syllable, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a, a puzzle. Mm. Yeah, he just looks like a dope, but he is talented. I'll give him that. Um all right, so we once again here's okay newsflash people die it's sad mm-hmm. uh courtney and i have tried to prevent this from happening but it just doesn't we can't do it your powers are not the, so would you like to talk a little bit about me love because i have to be really honest with you i i no, i mean me. like i didn't really let's you know, like, okay <laughs> like have, hi wait, courtney wait, wait stop, hey stop. courtney yeah. <laughs> would you like to be the one to talk about meatloaf sure i mean this is i mean i thought you I, liked, but i thought you well, liked okay so, here, yeah. well here's the thing yeah i love the jim steinman music you know me i do i love jim steinman yeah um for me the bigger meatloaf i always i realize i say for me a lot i'm like for me um you're speaking your you're speaking I'm your speaking, truth. I'm speaking my truth because I'm a patriot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a flag right I'm, now. I can right tell you. now, I am. That's you know, all he's wearing is a and flag. And I'm yelling at people outside my window. Um, 
Um, Be careful, of course. I went, to, I went to see the Rocky Horror. I, you know, I was a Rocky Horror Picture Show person. I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show like 50-something times in the movies at the A Street Playhouse. I used to go on the weekends. And so he was, you know, you know, he was in Rocky Horror. So when I think of him, I think about Eddie and Hoppatootie. And, you know, I love Bad Out of Hell is a great album. It's a classic. When I got to Sony, you know, I, that's, I was ordering all of the albums I didn't have. And that was one that I ordered. But, I, you know, it was never my go-to rock guy. Right. You know, I understood why people liked him. No, I was teasing about that. I know yeah, that you like Jim but he Steinman a yeah, And I do. I'm a huge, you know, I love that big, dramatic, yeah. operatic thing. And, you know, he, it, it, here's the thing. We don't know. He passed away of COVID. He was an anti-vax person. And he's on the record saying, if I die, I die. You know, anti-mask, you know, anti-mask you know, mandate. He believed whatever his politics were. And and so, you know, if 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 you if he died for his beliefs, then that's all you I live can by, say. It, you know, you I I I as a as a good as a human being, as human mm-hmm. beings, and we're good people, obviously it's sad. When people die and they die young and they, but at some point, if you're being offered the tools, it's like someone who chain smokes or someone who drives without a seatbelt and they crash and they die. And it's like, but you had a seatbelt right That's there. The thing. I'm looking like your death was preventable. It was preventable because you know unfortunately, I mean? yes. Yeah, so I, yes. And I know sad. some, I, I know some people in my life who that choice happened and it's really, it breaks my heart because it's like, Wow. You you're really like you're not pretend dead. You're like really dead. Right. And this seems like it didn't have to happen. You Can know? I tell you something? Can I make a confession? Mm-hmm. I have only seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show on television. I never. Well, I was living in San Francisco when it came out, I think. So I was in. But they had showings. It shows like I was going to say, of course, San Francisco. No, but I never showing. went. Yeah, of course. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah for Especially my back like, then. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I never saw it in a theater. Really? Yeah, yeah. I found oh, that. The I thought. The, I, yeah, I know. I know. I just found that kind of I I, I am not an yeah. audience participant. Yeah, the, the experience at the eighth. It just it was always. No, amazing. I know. I was just I'm not that girl. I'm a little amazing. too. But it it yes, it is. OK, um, I, Louis Anderson, someone I have to be very honest, I'm not that familiar with him, but I know like Bob Saget. Um, was beloved. I mean, well, absolutely beloved. I remember him because he would do stand up a lot with Roseanne back in the day. And I remember them being on like a lot of the same comedy stuff. And he was always really funny. And he was really funny in Baskets and in Coming to America. <laughs> remember, like, co- remember at McDowell's, he's the. Oh, he's right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, God. Well, you know, there's a lot of media to absorb. And then Thierry Mugler, who yeah. uh fashion designer and director and perfume maker and those really kind of severe, exaggerated forms. And what would you say his best known uh for those of us who don't buy couture? What would you say his oh, best known moment is? The George I would Michael? say for I would say for for mainstream folks, it would yeah. be the George Michael Too Funky video. I think for um, a a lot of people have seen his clothes, but for a lot of mainstream people, 
the Beyonce tour, the Beyonce, the Beyonce experience tour. Mm-hmm. And she, he did all of the costumes for that. So when she had his, in his vintage, um, motorcycle corset and all of that. And mm-hmm. that was all Terry. And I want to say, I saw some of his people and I was at the first show and I can't, I believe I saw him. I never met him. Okay. But I remember that whole time and it was just like, they would, everybody was around, you know? Is he now the George, the two funky video though? Ultimately, mm-hmm. George Michael took over the directing of it, like Tierney Moogle directed, and then George Michael. So, the version did, that we're the most familiar with, yeah, is the George Michael where he's behind the camera. But you can see it online. There is a we posted it, yeah, we posted yeah, yeah, it. There, there is his edit, which was a lot more, you know, <laughs> a little, a little more, a lot more. You could just leave it at it's a <laughs> yeah, lot more. Yeah, I, I, I have to tell you honestly, I mean, the George Michael one is a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Um and and focuses more on the music and the women, but it's, it's which is uh, what George wanted because it was a music video for a song. Go figure. <laughs> what a crazy concept! I'm a musician. I'm doing a video. I'd like to focus on the music. <laughs> Thierry Mugler. I'm a fashion designer. I'd like the fashion. I focus on right. the fashion. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't understand why there was a conflict. That's really mm-hmm. strange to me. Um. What you listening to these days? I have been, well, you know, because the Janet Jackson doc airs this week, I've really been digging into my Janet Jackson catalog, especially her first album, uh, the one that was mostly produced by like Renee and Angela. But what I really dug out, out of the fucking blue, was Bernadette Cooper's 1990 solo album, The Drama According to Bernadette Cooper, that she wrote and, and produced. And, you know, for most of you guys, I'm sure if you don't know, Bernadette Cooper was one of the founding, she really was the founding member of Climax and then hired everybody. They all came together and it became the whole situation. Um, and then she produced records with and for a lot of people, including putting together this other band, Madam X, which is an album I also pulled out and was listening to. They made one album called Madam X, Madam X. And they're both really, well, let me say, Bernadette's album is such a quirky, weird concept album, but her writing is so, they just, at that time in 1990, R&B wasn't ready for those kind of songs and just like, they didn't fit the box of of what an RB album back then. Would it was be. sort of New Jack. New right? Jack. This it is- was New Jack. Yeah, and this had elements of New Jack, but just the lyrics stuff she was singing about. You know, they just couldn't get it. She had the first single from the album, a song called "I Look Good." Which, uh, oh, I remember that. I remember, remember that. I look good. That was really good. Yeah, but and my shit was Howard Hughes' "Love Affair" and. She's another one of these women. And and like like LaBelle, uh, listen, if LaBelle hadn't had that fluke hit with Lady Marmalade, Mm -hmm. they would still be a a nonetheless a cult group without having any because they really they had some RB hits, but they didn't sell records. They have a lot of amazing albums. But again, that one song. You know what I mean? Which was like none of their other songs. So I don't believe Bernadette's album is on streaming. Um, but it is all over YouTube and I have it on MP3. So if any of my friends who are listening to the show want to hear it, you know, I can send you a file of the album. But it's just it's just a weird one that I love. And my, my best friend, Fred, 
He loved that album too. And my girl, Stephanie. Stephanie loves that album. Okay. So of course, it's just one of those really, Bernadette was just ahead of her time. Really super, super, super talented. And I just thought, I pulled that out again this weekend and started really appreciating her work. It's like, we really need to sit down and maybe talk about uh, on a future show and get somebody in and have a guest. Um, the underappreciated female producers that nobody ever talks about. Oh, well, you know, I mean, come like, on. I we mean, could go, we, let's talk, especially Black was Bernadette, Angela Wimbush, Angela you know, Wimbush. Tina Marie, and just really go in and talk about these women who wrote and produced in for a lot of other people, had hits of their own, had bands, different iterations yeah. of their career, and no one ever brings them up. It's just kind of like they're lost in the ethos somewhere. Well, I mean, because, it, you know, it, like being presidents, people seem to think that being a producer, you need to have a penis to do it because no one will listen to you, you right. know, unless right. you now there's a, there have been a lot of not enough, obviously, but a lot of great women producers who have I, Shit, you Patrice know. Russian, you know, yeah. I mean? it's like, well, yeah. not, and also they just don't have uh, Joan Jett was a really good producer. Mm-hmm. They just don't have, I don't think women we're not trained to have that kind of ego and you need a degree of ego in some way to be a producer. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting thing to talk about. But yeah, but she's she's really, really. Yeah, everybody, really there's great. a lot of really great female producers now. I know their power. I think I think that we need to remind people of these women that were producing because they were out there and they were doing it. And we just don't talk about them enough. And we should we you know what? Check for that, guys. We're going to that's going to come because we need to really start highlighting some of these ladies and some of the rock ladies. They were, you know, they were doing that shit. And some of them are still doing it, you know, I mean, still out there producing records and doing their thing. Well, I have a newsflash for you. I know this is going to shock you and I want you to hold on to something when I say this. I want you. Are you prepared to be shocked? Uh Women are not treated as equally as men. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. I, oh I really, I, you're my friend and I hate to fuck up your day. That hurt me so much. I know. I hate to fuck up your day and I hope that you can get past this and you won't binge eat, you know, mm-hmm. to get through the pain. I will because I have some broccoli rob that's in the other room. Broccoli right now. rob. I'm going to yeah. binge eat it. <laughs> After I dip it in chocolate. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, it. I have, it's so funny. I, Two records I want to talk about. One, I uh, for some reason I'm like that. I'm sometimes the person that likes the record that tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I always love the record that Bernadette's record tanked. It was a yeah. full thing. No, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the record that tanks after you had the huge hit record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have always been like on the low, a fan of Tony Rich's second album. <laughs> oh, okay. Bird's Eye. I yeah. don't know why. Um, well, because they super- because one they were Tony Rich project was super super talented, Tony and that Rich. second album was written and sang really really well. But it you is know, a great hooky yeah, little yeah. weird song, yeah. and I like it. And you know Tony Rich, talk about somebody who should have been a contender. Like he should have had a. Well, huge they thought, career. and when it came out the box with nobody knows was such oh, a big hit, massive. it was like right, boom, first single, right. major label. Big written hit. up, written up every he had the support of LaFace Records, which at that time could do to no the, wrong. Day still loves that song. She yeah. still well, loves it. The story I had heard, and mm-hmm. you would know the story I had heard is he started getting career advice from Prince, and you can't pull a Prince move on your 
first record. You have to kind of wait several albums before you start showing up to interviews with a cloak on and not Mm -hmm. and speaking in the third person and doing all that kind of shit. So he kind of he continues to record. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's made records since then, but I think he kind of uh, they were like, "Eh, no, you're not Prince. Sorry, you can't. Mm -hmm. So he kind of pissed off the wrong people mm-hmm. or pissed off people. But the second album was called Bird's Eye. And well, do we know that to be true, though? No, I said a story. I said a story I heard. Mm-hmm. I, but it makes sense. Prince was in his ear a lot back then. You know, only mm-hmm. Prince could have gotten away with what Prince got away with. You can't get away with that kind of Prince was an anomaly. You know, he managed to do things, but he also had the the, the sales records to back it up. Um, I have not paid attention, really, really, truly paid attention to Elvis Costello for years, just because mm-hmm. I don't know. He married Diane Krall and I'm like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, and he keeps putting out records. And if if you're of a certain age of which I am, those first couple Elvis Costello records like defined your world. There was nothing mm-hmm. like it. He put out a record last year, which I've just listened to called Spanish Model, which is this year's model entirely in Spanish with Spanish mm-hmm. artists. But the record I'm listening to now, a brand new album called A Boy Called If, mm-hmm. which is with his band, The Imposters, which is basically the attractions with a different bass. Player. Holy shit. This is just like this is like like classic back to basics Elvis Costello. And one mm-hmm. of my favorite albums is Imperial Bedroom. That's a mm-hmm. gorgeous record. Mm-hmm. So he, I don't mind if he doesn't do his nor regular thing, but a boy called if tight, ferocious kind of, you know, pop rock songs, Nicole Atkins is on. It. I'm a big fan of Nicole Atkins. It's mm-hmm. really good. So it's called a boy called if by Elvis Costello. And um, I like me likey me likey. Um, I wish I had something new on my list because I got to tell you, so much comes across and I listen to it and nothing sticks. There's nothing to stick Can I tell you, honestly, this was Mm -hmm. because someone whose taste I I respect a lot, someone I respect a lot, posted, I wouldn't have even known he had a new record out. Right. Because no, because he's on a small label. And I I mean, I and again, I haven't been checking for him for a while. And but someone I know whose taste I appreciate told Mm -hmm. me and I went. That's how I found out about that Holly Humber, Humblestone person right. because mm-hmm. Co- Bill Coleman. I, mm-hmm. I read stuff and I go, huh, I, I like what you usually like. Right. Let me check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's no harm, no foul, right? You go on Spotify, you click something. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, right? Right. So, um, yeah, there's the, this is not a good time. Right now is not when the new music is coming. Well, well, you January. listen to the week. You listen to the weekend. That's a new yeah, record. Yeah, I've still been listening to that, and I'm still listening to David Morales' "Life Is a Song," which actually comes out this week for everybody on all, all right, streaming good. services, and good. it's just really good. And he's got an updated version of "I Feel Love," Donna Summers' "I Feel Love," and you know I don't like any like "Don't Touch Donna." Don't, but I like this version, so it makes right. me happy. Right, which is why that Sam Smith version was just such. <laughs> we don't. A, act, we not, act like that did not happen. No. Oh, sorry. I'm, okay, sorry. You're right. Okay, it didn't happen. Okay. I'm looking at them. Our truth. I, our I'm, truth I'm is that at, it. Did. I'm looking at them, and I'm like Sam. No. Sam. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't do I, that, I, and I appreciate you. I don't. But let's not overstep our boundaries. No, no, no. No, you don't do that. No, no, your lane. No, your lane. No, your lane. Do not. The kids try to. Here's the thing about Donna Summer. 
Donna Summer had one of the purest voices. So when she sang those songs, like when she hit those notes, even when they were high and, and airy or strong and full, they were very full. There was no struggle note in there. There was no breaking it for a breath at this point. So I need all of those kids who be trying to sing Donna, but like take four extra breaths in the note. It's like, don't sing it because you can't, Blanche. Well, yeah. I mean, just because you sing in falsetto does not make you a soul <laughs> singer. Hitting falsetto does not make you a soul singer. And on that note. And on that note, I would like to end this um show and you guys know where to find us thank you for that pantheon podcast network really over 70 music shows you we're on facebook at i'm gonna let you finish we're on ig at i'm gonna let you finish ny we're on twitter at finish Ima. but um new york has been going through some really tough times lately there's a lot going on and there's been a, a shooting at a police precinct my precinct around the corner from my house and two of the officers were killed. And one of them, when I saw his face on the TV, I recognized him. And I think that we all have to come to a place of reckoning and just try for the younger generations to really sit down and really kind of make some progress with between our communities, the police, just everything, because these streets are really crazy. It's very upsetting to us here. That was a young man. That was a young man of color. You know, my father was NYPD and he was born in Harlem Hospital in 1939. And he was a great cop because he was not afraid of people who look like him in his community, just like this young man wanted to show a different side to police that we could be better. He was from his community and he lived in this community. So we're all hurting. There's crazy crimes. People are being shoved in front of trains. I just want us all to try to be better to each other, try to be kinder to each other, try to be nicer to each other, and just try to find some civility because right now, with this pandemic still raging on, it all just seems a lot heavy. And I say this to you all the time. I don't know what the breaking point is, but I kind of feel like I'm at mine. And I really, really, really want peace. And in that note, we love you guys. Thank you for rocking with us. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Just try to love one another. Tell a friend you love them today. Do a kind act today, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>